Hi there, and welcome to the Online Property Meet podcast. The podcast is about helping the Online Property Meet members to improve their health, wealth, and well-being in the general property arena. Our podcast guests will be experienced, qualified people looking to help both listeners and others move forward in their lives. We're looking for a 30-minute show for an easy, enjoyable, and educational experience. And with that in mind, let's go. Welcome to the Online Property Meet podcast. I'd like to welcome John McDermott from Town Planning Expert, who's a planner. Hello, John. How are you? Hi, Rob. I'm very well. How are you doing? Not too bad. Not too bad. First of all, thanks for being on the podcast. First question is, could you tell us about your early days and background and uh, how you got to where you are being a top planning man? Oh, God. Right. Okay. So I, I actually started off life wanting to be an engineer. So I wanted to be in civil engineering and uh, I'm not clever enough for that, to be brutally honest. My GCSEs, my A-levels aren't good enough. And so I wasn't able to do that. And so I, I went for a degree in geographical science through clearing. I'm, I'm one of these clearing success stories where, you know, people who don't get well on well with exams actually do quite well with, with coursework. And I got my first degree. And when you finish your first degree, when you've done geography, you've got a couple of options available to you. You go and work for the environment agency, telling people how not to do things. You'd go and be a teacher or you'd go and work in town planning. And I chose actually to go and be a teacher and did nearly all of my initial teacher training and didn't like it very much. So my next choice was town planning. And I really haven't looked back ever since. I got my first posting as a planning assistant with Portsmouth City Council and I stayed with them for eight years, um, growing up to uh, a senior planning officer level, dealing with some quite big chunky projects. I mean, I, was de- I dealt with 250 units on a site at one time. And then the first major recession, the, the 2008 crash happened. And we were going through restructuring at the council. The council was being asked to cut back. And a couple of years after the 2008 crash, I I offered myself up for voluntary redundancy, took it, and went and started my own consultancy. Um, it was something I always wanted to do, and when did that? Excellent. So that was 2010. We started. 2010. Yeah. We started in planning consultancy, and it's now 2020. So that consult, we've been running our own business now for for 10 years, and in one business name or another, and. We've we've always grown it on basis of organic growth, so not forcing growth, not not trying to put ourselves where people don't want us to be. Um, I jokingly said to you, I'm sure on the first the first time you invited me to the to the to the property meet, I said I only go where I'm invited. I'm like Dracula, I don't go where <laughs> I'm not welcome. You're always welcome here, mate. I'll tell you, hmm. there's no problem there. <laughs> Who would you look to for support, do you think? I have an amazing wife. And I don't beat about the bush on that one. Um, 
she's my rock. She's the person who holds me up. She's the person who deals with me when I'm completely grumpy. And because I have a, a, a planning is not good for you as a profession. It's really bad for you. And one thing it really affects is, is your mental space. So I have to remain quite mentally resilient and strong quite a lot of the time. And, 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 and she is the person who supports me in that. So I, I mean, it's a good piece of advice for any aspiring property developer. Have a very uh, strong uh, partner in your life who pushes you forward. Um, who is there to reinforce what you're trying to do and there to help you grow as a person. Certainly all the stuff that we do today has come about because Tanya has encouraged us to do it. Um, I also have an amazing team of professionals that we've built around ourselves. So I have an amazing team who are there to help support the work that I do. I couldn't do all the education and all the fun stuff if I didn't have this insane team around me who were trying to help me on with uh, what we're trying to do with the, with the education and with the development. So when I first started out, we were just planners. Now we're planners, we're developers, we're educators, we do a lot of other things and that's very much led by the stuff that I'm doing so I can't do that with an amazing team supporting that work and they do absolutely support that work. Yes I think I've met a couple of the amazing team got a uh, development going on in uh, in Wales I believe. Yeah we've we've got we're actually on our as as town planning expert through one company or another because we've got a couple of well we obviously hold um, developments in SPVs so through Town Planning Expert, we've got three SPVs on three separate development sites at the moment, uh, the Mounts Care Home, Raglan Gatehouse, and uh, Pembroke Defensible Barracks. All listed, all special, all amazing. They sound it. And then through our sister company, uh, which we formed this year, which we called Heritage England, and I've no idea how I managed to get that business name, or why no one else had registered their business name, Heritage England, but we were allowed to do so. And through Heritage England, we've got a, an application in for a public house in South Oxfordshire where we're looking to protect the public house. Or we're actually looking to keep the pub. It's, it's a vibrant, exciting pub. We want to keep it, we want to preserve it, make it special again. So we're, we're doing things in different ways. Yeah, sounds like a great project. So what is your main goal in life these days? Uh, it's always been the same thing, to be fair. Uh, my primary driver, um, from a personal point of view, is family and to give my two sons the best possible uh, opportunities I can in their lives. Uh, my primary driver in business is to help people and to help as many people as I possibly can. And I'll tell you where that comes from. The primary driver there is focused on an experience I had when I was a planner. And I was sitting in the council offices looking at the same plans, the same architect wheeling out the same design without any consideration of what was going on on the application site, just literally taking the client's money and then blaming the planning authority when it all went wrong 
and I thought to myself, no, actually, this could be better. The, the, the system isn't as binary as people think. It's a process, not a permission. And so can we change the system in some way? So our, one of our key sort of whys, one of, one of our key drivers has always been, let's do planning consultancy differently. Let's not be afraid to say no, because if we say no and save a client a monster great planning fee and a load of heartache and a lot of wasted time that they could never get back. I mean, the fees you could always claim on insurance, right? But they can never get that time back. That's got to be the better way of doing it. Time is a big thing, isn't it? You can't buy it back. You can't get it back at all. You can't make it. You can't buy back. Once it's spent, it's spent. And if you have a client wasting... Um, a year, let's say, on an application site, at some point in time, the consultant has got to turn around and say, stop, don't do anything, just stop now. I said that's one of my clients today. She bought a site blind at auction, and her only way out is to try and get a planning permission on the site and sell it. But she's desperate to build, and every once in a while, you have to have that heart-to-heart with people and say, look, you're not going to make the return that you need to make on this site to justify a build. Sell it to a builder and get rid of it that way. Yes, I see, yeah. Here's one for you. Do you keep fit or train in any way? I used to before the lockdown. I would go to the gym between three and four times a week and I was in the process of losing weight and then lockdown happened and my training regime went completely to pot because I find it best to do that in an environment where I can do it. If I find if you train at home, or certainly I find training at home disrupts my work-life balance, as does working at home. So I am very much looking forward to when the gyms reopen and I can get back to a health and fitness plan that I've had for a while that will allow me to lose some of the weight that I've gained certainly during lockdown and that's no one's fault it's just the way it is and importantly help my mental state because training exercising is very cathartic it it helps uh, as a mental release so I'm looking forward to getting back to the gym when I'm allowed to can understand that I must admit I'm not a gym type I'm not a swimming type I should be but uh, I like to go for a walk. I like to discover the land around and maybe a cycle here and there and uh, do it that way. It, it's one of those things, isn't it? You do what what really helps your mental state. And I find that going to the gym helps me. Going for a walk and cycle helps you. It, I don't, this is the thing. I don't think there's a right or wrong answer for this. It is whatever helps the individual and makes most difference to the individual at like, any given point in time. Yeah, it's a, it's a horses for courses thing, isn't it? Yeah. Bit of a hearts and mind question, I suppose. It's a bit of a personal thing. It's um, Would you have a story? Would you have um, be able to relate to someone that you've helped? Maybe um, get into property or something like that. Would you have a story about that? It is a difficult question because it's, it's the kind of thing I try and veer away from. But the beauty is I was speaking to him only today. Uh, he's a lovely chap called Kenny Pierce. And he does development in Hertfordshire. Now, before I met Kenny, Kenny was on a mentoring program 
he was he was going through the motions there, but he hadn't done anything yet. And he brought us a site in that program where we could work out a solution for him that got him four flats and retained a shop on that development site. And that might not seem like a very big development to some people, some of your listeners. You know, four flats is, is nothing. But here's the thing. For Kenny, for him, at that point in time, four flats meant everything because four flats got him started. And I was speaking to him today and he said, I've got the bug for this. I, I want to get on. And he, we had a chat about two other um, development sites that he was looking at that were identical to the one he had uh, done. And he'd adapted that development package to suit his you know, needs, wants, demands from, from development. So I think the, the, the story follows that in Kenny's case, it was, a, it was us sitting down with him and saying, right, if you focus on one form of development, if you, if you focus on one thing and put all of your effort into that one thing in order to get it working, it will work. If you split your time and effort across multiple forms of development, it simply won't function. You'll, you'll end up getting distracted by this or that or the other. But if you just focus on you and focus on that one thing, then it'll work. And, and certainly it made all the difference to him because he is now looking at other developments. He's completed uh, the development he had in Hatfield. It's brilliant. It's lovely. And he's now talking to our team about other forms of development in the same area. Mm. Yes, I see. Out of interest, do you uh, do you work nationwide, or do you pick an area and work, or how do you do it? We, as a company, work nationwide. I say nationwide. I haven't learnt Scottish planning law yet. I'm learning <laughs> Welsh planning law right now. But I'm sure uh, you are. But I, I haven't learned Scottish planning law yet, and uh, and Northern Irish planning law is 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 to itself. It, it's very very different. So I'm waiting for uh, the moment where I can learn Scottish law. But I'm worried that I'll always push another bit of law out of my head. So I uh, I think I'll just stick with England and Wales for the time being. Yes, yeah, probably not a bad idea. <laughs> Tell me. What tips or techniques would you have for our listeners if they were to start off in property? Oh, great question. I actually really like that question because it gets to the very heart of the matter, I think. One of the reasons why we focus so much on the individual developer is because until that individual developer has worked out what they want, what they need, their primary driver in property, beyond profit and I'll, I'll be quite pointed there property is not just about making money that's an outcome you always go into property to do something else so you might want to have a better life for your family or you might want to have a legacy on the land etc that that's why you go into property it's not just purely about pounds and pence that's an outcome so really get in touch with that primary driver as a starting point. The, the why, the why are you doing this? Why are you putting yourself through this? Because property is, as you and I both know, Rob, is hard. It's a hard life and it's a very lonely life if you, if you don't have a team around you. But it's a hard life. 
once you've worked out how, what you want to do and why, and the why is critical, mm-hmm. then plot a trajectory. So don't assume that you can run straight into 100 units on an application site. You don't have the track record for that. You don't have the experience for that. And you don't have the team for that. Start small and build up. I call this the education analogy. So you can't do A-levels without good GCSEs. You can't do a degree without good A-levels, etc., etc., etc. So build it up as if you were to go through you know, your primary and secondary education. You start small and you work your way up to bigger and bigger things. If you take the barracks, for example, yes, the barracks is going to be a 50-unit scheme. But it's taken me 18 years to get there. Yes, I understand, yeah. And I've got two degrees to get there. So it's taken me a long time to get to that point. Build it up and build it up and build it up. That's probably the best advice to a starting investor is is identify why you want to be doing it. Because once you've identified that, nothing else will matter. You know, it won't be about the money. It will be about what you want to do. And that will field your entire branding campaign. It will field your entire identity as a company, everything. And then from that, build up slowly. Good advice. Top answer to a top question, eh? <laughs> well, I wouldn't call it a top answer. It's just an answer. Again, everyone's different. That's true. So if you're starting again, what would you do knowing what you know now? Mm. Well, the scary thing is, is I'd probably start where I am. So I'd probably go into heritage development just like I have done. Uh, and I, I do that because it, re- it it references my why. My why is about legacy when it comes to development. I want to preserve buildings for future generations. That will, That's what really makes me tick. That's what gets me excited. Everything else doesn't really get me excited. I'm not excited about, about office to resi conversions. We'll put planning applications through on them and We'll support them to our hearts uh, to with with 110% of ourselves, but they're not the form of development that makes me excited. The form of development that makes me excited is heritage, is preserving those buildings, and, and I'd start exactly where I am. I'd start with heritage conversions and looking at how to bring life back into these old buildings. So I, th- I think I'm probably where I would be, to be fair, and, and don't forget, you know, I'm I'm only a young developer in in comparison to others. I've, we've only had a development company for two years out of the out of the ten years trading as a planning company. So I still see myself as a young developer right at the start of my journey, rather than somewhere near the middle or at the end. Do you journalize or diarize your journey in any way? I do, but as a way to manage my time, not as a way to record it. In terms of writing it down, we, we have a very, very sensible rule at TPX. One job a day. Focus on one job a day. Because That's if you focus on one job a day, you give your clients time that they've asked for and you give it 100% of your attention. So I've done my one job a day today. I did it this morning. It was uh, a com- uh, a full planning application for two houses in the garden of a pub up in Warsaw. So I've done my one job a day. I can move on to something else. 
So I use my diary to, to diarize what I'm doing. And it's actually quite interesting looking back and seeing all of the stuff that you've done in a month. It's quite insane, really. But then the other thing we do is, and it's a hobby of mine now, is we have started to record the kind of things that we're doing, our thoughts, our, our, our opinions on things on YouTube and on that platform. So we have a YouTube channel called The Anti-Guru. <laughs> we record our thoughts. I've got three to do today, <laughs> including a bedtime story, to be fair. Oh, we're, excellent. We're perverting the bedtime stories for the planning world. So the last one we did was uh, was uh, three little developers and the big bad planning authority. And today's uh, perverted bedtime story is... Uh, Goldilocks and the Three Mentors. Um, that's the one we're doing today. So sounds great, and 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 they're fun to do. It's a hobby, but it's it is a way of of journalizing or, or recording the journey. There are videos in there about uh, Raglan Gatehouse. There's a walk around video from the gatehouse itself in there. So you know, there's a few there's a few bits and pieces that we do we have been doing. If people want to contact you. How can they do it? There's a few different ways people can get in touch with us. Yes, through the website. That's absolutely fine. They can email us, typically email us direct. I get a lot of emails from people who have watched the YouTube channel, to be fair. Mm-hmm. And, and then we can help them directly. We have a monthly property, online property meeting ourselves, the Property Expert Community Live that people can attend. It's free and are hosted via Zoom. And we do a weekly planners question time in our Facebook group, Property Expert, Le- Net- Property Expert Community. So we've, there are a lot of different ways people can touch base with us and, and see what's, go- you know, and, and help us understand what's going on with them. Great. So I must admit, I've, so I've listened in on a couple of those before now. Very interesting, very interesting. Would you have any offers for our online property meet podcasters to be fair rob it's not something we do no we actually i mean i know a lot of property people out there throw offers out left right and center it's not something that we do uh principally because we end up discounting or doing something and it devalues the product it devalues the work we're doing so what i would say to your your listeners yeah is take advantage of the free advice that we're offering at the moment we used to do free advice and we brought it back to the world at the start of the covid19 crisis it's called a quick check it's a half an hour phone call free of charge discuss through whatever you want uh, with us and it's something that we brought back but it, it's not something we just offer to your listeners it's something we offer to everyone oh, that's fair enough that's fair enough yeah i don't know how long we'll be able to keep it free for after the covid19 crisis shuts itself down eventually because of course we, we launched we opened it up for covid19 in order to help the development community keep going so that we weren't just seen as some weird draconian fee grabbing entity but if we can keep it free for as long as we can then we will 
Okay, excellent. So how would um, – it's a quick check. What, what would uh, somebody do? Just Google a nip quick onto check? Our website, nip onto our website, fill out the quick check form, they'll get a phone call back, and you can discuss through with one of our planners, and it might even be myself, uh, what you want to talk – what you want to do. And we'll give an honest – granted, it'll be off the cuff. They're quick checks, they're, they're, their opinion – based on first principles, but it will give you an honest steer as to whether we think you're on the right lines or not. Okay. And the website is? tpexpert.org. tpexpert.org. Right. John, a pleasure as always. Thanks and very you, much. Sir. That was fun. I'll let you get on with your busy day. <laughs> Thank you, Robert. Appreciate it. All the best Cheers, mate. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. As usual, the guests are fantastic speakers. I hope we've learned something from all that. And we look forward to next time we see you. Cheers for now. Bye-bye.